Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Over the next 24 hours, a bit of Supercoach content coming. The 2022 uh, Team Picker has just been opened on your Supercoach apps if you are a subscriber, which I am. So I'm able to go through and have a look at it. So I'm going to go through uh, each position. I'm going to kick off this morning with hooker and front row forwards. Uh, then we'll do the second row forwards later today. And then we'll do the halves and five eights, And then CTW and fullback together as well over the next 24 hours. So you have got a couple of Supercoach podcasts coming your way. Now, this is one that I haven't sat down and written down a heap of notes and worked out who I'm going to talk about, who I'm not. I'm literally just going to go through the list and talk about guys that I think are relevant. It could be for classic. It could be for draft. I'll probably focus a little bit more on draft, but I will touch on really obvious classic ones that I see. But stay tuned. I'm sure there'll be a heap of content coming today from your classic, uh, from your Supercoach classic content providers that they will touch on, all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to get stuck into hooker and the front row forwards today. So you need to pick two hookers in your classic team team, four front row forwards uh, in your classic team as well. So six people all together that you'll be looking for. Draft, a little bit different, but I'll touch on a few of those guys. So Harry Grant, he is the most expensive hooker at 644k. Uh, pretty good value for Grant, in my opinion, with a 73 average. I think that'll skyrocket next year. I think I'm, I'm expecting him to but skyrocket might not be the right word. I'm expecting him to average 80 to 90 next year, to be honest with you, especially if he gets that full-time hooker role, whether he does does or not, we're not too sure. Sort of comes down to how Melbourne want to use the next guy on the list, which is Brandon Smith. He's about 50k cheaper at 596k. Now, he is dual position hooker, second row forward, which is massive for draft competition. Huge for classic as well, to be honest. But I, I, I don't know how to read into Brandon Smith next year. Now, Obviously, in 2021, he scored a lot of tries that season, yeah? A lot of them from dummy half. Now, I'm not anticipating him 
playing a heap of dummy half, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he'll be playing a lot of 13. I think this is why they were so happy, or not happy, but I think this is why they were prepared to let Finucane go. So I'm expecting Brandon Smith to play 13. I don't think he drops that many points, but I don't think there's a heap of value here without diving too deeply into his numbers. Probably going to score a few less tries, you would have to think. But once again, it's Brandon Smith. He's probably going to be in his bonnet, something to prove. So it could be anything. But Harry Grant, I think that's really good value there. Draft competitions. Brandon Smith... I sort of want to say he's a bit of a gamble, but just with the sort of competitor he is, Melbourne, they're in the premierships business. They're not in the friends business. So I would assume uh, that they're going to use him at 13 like they did with Dale. So an interesting one. Reed Marnie coming in at 594K. Now, I was a little bit nervous a couple of weeks ago on Reed Marnie because he was leaving the Eels and I thought they might give a young guy a go. Now that they've signed Josh Hodgson, they know who their nine's going to be. So I'm sort of expecting them to play Reed Marnie for big minutes, realistically. Now that Ray Stone has signed with the Dolphins, uh, I don't think they'll chop and change too much. So, Reed, as far as draft competitions go, I'm a little bit more confident on him. Classic, I don't think he's a get-on, though. Damien Cook, uh, a little bit discounted. 575k from what we know Damien Cook can do and how he can perform. Uh, it's one that I won't be gambling on. I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick in most draft competitions. He might be if someone takes a bit of a punt on him, but we really don't know what South Sydney's going to look like. We don't know how that's going to impact Damien Cook. There's a fair argument that it could work in his favor and he could become you know the, the main guy here but on the other side of the coin, if it all goes to shit with a new coach, they've got Mamazellas in, in this system now. I don't know. I, Damien Cook, he's just a leave for me. Cam McInnes, a really interesting one. Gets dual position, hook a second row forward or holds on to it, I should say. Uh, 535k. So, pretty good value for Cam McInnes there, considering he's coming off an injury and whatnot. We know that this guy could average 80 points in base stats essentially. So, one to look at. He's a, he's a very interesting guy, Cam McInnes. As far as classic competitions go, I imagine he will start a little bit slow. He's coming off an ACL. He's in a new system. I'm not sure how he's going to be used, etc. etc. I'm probably going to watch him for the first few weeks. I know that there's a real mixed opinion on this in the classic community from what I've gathered. Draft, he's another guy that I'm just I'm not confident enough to invest a pick into him where I'm going to have to pick him. I think he's going to be a round two sort of guy. I don't have that sort of confidence in him. There will be four or five guys at least in every single draft competition that will be very excited on Cam McInnes. I don't think you'll get value out of him realistically. Not to say he won't be a great get. I think he'll be uh, Tohu Harris, but with a little bit more. He's also in a position hooker that there isn't a heap of value in. If you manage to get Cam McInnes and another hooker and you can play him in the 2RF, uh, you'll be starved other people in your competition as well, which personally I like doing. Jaden Braley comes in at 518k. Connor Watson, dual position, second row forward slash hooker, 515k. I uh, like Connor Watson, especially in draft competitions. I think he could be a good little get, especially in this rooster system. It could be anything. If he just gets 50 minutes, I, I think you'll, you'll see him get around about a 60 average of the season. I think the roosters will do very well. I think there's a lot of teams that they can bully depending on his run, which I don't have directly in front of me right now. Uh, I don't mind Connor Watson as a good pick next year. I, I think you'd do well to have him. Jacob Little, he is just at hooker. Don't like this one. He's 480k. He won't be in anyone's uh, classic plans, obviously. Draft plans, there's just too much grey here. There is Jake Simpkins. There is Jackson Hastings. There's a few guys there that I just don't know how it's going to play out. So Tigers hookers, I'm ignoring them completely. Abby Curacao, another guy that's leaving Penrith. Do they give Mitch Kenny more minutes? I'm not sure. He's never been... like He, he has had high-end potential, super coach wise but consistently, you're 
probably don't see it enough. So he's a guy that classic I won't be looking at. Draft, I mean, you could do worse than Appy, no doubt about it. He's solid without being absolutely exceptional. Um, yeah, sort of in the mid-rounds there. He's in a position where there aren't many of them, so helps him helps him out there. Reese Robson, just available at hooker, 474K, not classic relevant. Uh, draft, bit of a punt because you have got Ruben Cotter there. I assume he will play 13. I think Todd Payton's got rocks in his heads if Ruben Cotter's not at 13, but know that Todd Payton, he has a tendency to move guys around. So, Reese Robertson, the only thing I'm worried about is that Ruben Cotter could steal minutes from him. Uh, but if you're confident that he's going to play full minutes, he could be a decent little value guy you could get later in your draft competitions for hooker. Cody Nicarima, hooker slash 5'8". I'm not sure if he starts at 5'8". I don't think he starts at hooker. I think he'll be the 14 for the New Zealand Warriors. From what I gathered, he fell out of favour a little bit last year. Um, bit of a punt, Cody Nicarima. I'd go him late. I wouldn't go him too early. He's only one injury away from being really relevant. We know the sort of high-end potential that Cody Nicarima has. With Sean Johnson in this team, it will free him up to play a second fiddle role, which I think really does suit Nicarima. If he ends up as the starting nine or if something happens to Wade Egan, you've got yourself an absolute jackpot there in Nicarima. So a bit of a punt there. Josh Hodgson, I won't be looking at him for either. Uh, with Tommy Starling there and Tom Sy in the future, I just have to put the red sharpie through Josh Hodgson this year. Uh, if you get desperate and you can get good value, I can understand it. But for me, uh, too much of a punt. Andrew McCulloch at hooker, 450K. Not, not, not classic relevant, obviously. Draft, I'm less keen on him this year than I was last year. I got him in, in my team last year. Was very happy with that. Back end of the season, he was sharing minutes with Bud Sullivan. That's a real kick in the dick for Andrew McCulloch. And as he goes from being a 60-point hooker to a 45 to 50, he can even go low 40s at times when he doesn't get attacking stats, which he's well known for not getting them. So Andrew McCulloch, I'm putting the red sharpie through him this year. I think Bud Sullivan will be the 14 and I think he will play more and more minutes. Wade Egan, very similar. Not overly interested in him. Um, he'll probably be on the waiver wire at some point in most competitions. Jeremy Marshall King, Finished last season with a 48 average in draft. Obviously not relevant in classic, but Marshall King once again with Beyond Iodo floating around and a couple of other guys in um, Josh Cook as well. It just doesn't fill me with confidence that Jeremy Marshall King is going to be an 80-minute hooker for the entire season. People will grab him on draft day. He will go late. Even when they get him late, you might be going overs there realistically. So Jeremy Marshall King, I'll be leaving him. This is a really interesting one. Blake Braley. Uh, if you if you are assuming Cam McInnes will play 13, Braley's an interesting one. He's got upside. We haven't quite seen it over the last few years, but he, he's I, I, I still feel like he's going to have a season where he breaks out. But I said the same thing about Michael Leacher for a long time. We never quite saw it. Braley's given me those sort of vibes. But I, I think he will come good eventually. And the year that you get him, you're going to get him late. If he does well, it could be anything for you. So Braley, one to consider there. Not terrible value uh, for Classic against 420, but I think there's better options around. Uh, Jazz Tavega, 409K, second row forward slash hooker. If he manages to land an 80-minute spot in this team somewhere, he is an absolute gun. I can't see it happening. I think he'll share minutes with Wade Egan at hooker, or he'll come off the bench. I think Tohu Harris, he will be the 13. So Jazz, as much as I love him, and as much as there'll be five or six weeks during the season where there's an injury suspension, whatever, it might be and he comes on he'll kill it for you 
He's a little bit injury prone himself, and the opportunities just aren't there for me. So Jazz, he's one of my favourites, but I just so find it so hard to look after him at the moment. Lachlan Croker, 406k, another irrelevant guy for me. Uh, if Nace Finu comes back, he just gets blown out of the water. Jake Turpin, not bad value, 394k with a 45-point average. Not sure how Brisbane are going to line up when it comes to hookers next year. I assume he will be the main fella, uh, but a guy that I'm not interested in in either league. Sort of fits into that Jeremy Marshall King sort of category for me. Someone will have him. They'll never be overly happy with him though. Now, Bud Sullivan, he comes in at 388k. Now, if something happens that he ends up at hooker, uh, the starting hooker, because something happens to McCulloch, you got yourself some gold. If he ends up at 5'8", which I don't think he will, but if he ends up at 5'8", this is a guy you definitely have to consider for your classic teams, and he could be a huge value guy in draft league. So, Bud Sullivan, he's one to keep an eye on during trials. Ruben Cotter, this is one that I really like. Ruben got a hooker slash second row forward 381k if he locks down a full-time position in this forward pack at 13 he could be an absolute gun and I think people are sleeping on him and people that listen to this podcast I will have you convinced by the time the season comes that you need to be all over this guy just getting you up some numbers now because I think people have slept on just how much work this guy does and I love him for his creativity but he works his dick off as well. Now, in the last game of the, in the last few games of the season, uh, let's have a look. Actually, let's go through all of his games last season. He didn't play a heap. Um, in round one last year, he played 38 minutes for 39 base. Round two, 54 minutes for 49 base. Round three, 27 minutes for 35 base. Uh, round five, he played 60 minutes against the Tigers for 72 base stats. Uh, round 23, that was his next game. Long stint off. He played 52 minutes. His first game back, 52 minutes, uh, scored 51 base stats. The next week, he played 13, uh, 39 minutes for 40 base stats. Yeah, so this is a guy that, depending on how many minutes he plays, he's going to get that in base. He has got some attacking upside. He averaged 48 base points last year, so pretty impressive. And when he played 60 minutes against the Tigers... 72 base stats. So this is a guy you need to be keeping an eye on. I think he could be big value in both draft and in classic. One to keep an eye on, Ruben Cotter. One to watch in the trials. Sammy Verrills, 371k. I think there will be a little bit of money to make here if he does start at nine for the Roosters, but I think he will share minutes with Connor Watson. There also isn't a big future for Sam Verrills as you've got Brandon Smith arriving next the year after. So uh, a little bit of money to make, but I don't know if I'd be investing in him realistically. If something happens at Sam Verrills ends up at a different club. That's a bit of a game changer, but personally, I think he'll stay at the Roosters this year. Carl Lawton, 346700 Bit of a wild card here, Carl Lawton. I don't mind having him in draft competitions. Uh, he's a pretty solid player. He knows his way to a try line. He's a little bit unorthodox, uh, but you know it is it is a punt every week. He's a bit of a headache. He doesn't really have a set-down spot. Andrew Davey returns to this team as well. I mean, he had a couple of cracking games. Uh, like There was one game here. He played the Newcastle Knights in round 12. He played 73 minutes. He scored 59 in base, uh, 12 and 18. So 30 points in creativity as well for 89 points. The week after, uh, he played 70 minutes for 47 base, scored a try to score 76. So he has got these huge base games in him, but you just never know what position he's going to be playing or anything. He's just a bit of a head fuck, Carl Lawton. Love him, but probably won't be looking at him. Tommy Starling, really interesting one. Now, unfortunately, it looks like Josh Hodgson will be staying at the Canberra Raiders. If he makes a move, uh, Tom Starling, he becomes 
probably the number one hooker that you need to get uh, at 343k if he becomes a full-time hooker at the Raiders would be massive draft competitions you're sort of waiting for Hodgson to get injured or leave if he does huge that you've got Tom Starling you've got yourself a premier uh, nine as far as super coach goes and you've probably got him for great value but it is a gamble but you need to take some of these punts throughout the season to see what happens uh, when he plays 80 minutes he scores pretty damn well just having a look at some of the games he played 80 minutes last year 57 76 uh, 60 so he has got big scores in him when he starts at 9 but you just don't know uh, how much he's actually going to play there realistically so a gamble but you've got to take some of these gambles sometimes Tana Boyd I think he'll be irrelevant Bailey Biondi Odo 5'8 slash hooker a really interesting one for draft competitions um could be for Classic as well, but I just don't think he'll start in either of those positions. I think he'll be the 14 for the Bulldogs, but it could also be Avarillo if they go with Kyle Flanagan at seven. So a guy to watch in trials, see how they use him, but I do think he's supremely talented. I think over the next few years, he'll be more relevant. Jake Simkin, 322K, appealing price, but I just can't see him being relevant enough. Adam Kieran, hooker slash center wing. Really good jewel there, really cheap. Don't know where he fits into this team realistically. Uh, would be handy to have him as a goal kicker. He's probably the best goal kicker in the team, but... I think Takiyaho is good enough at goal kicking to warrant not moving the team around to fit Adam Kieran in realistically. Uh, and you've got to assume that he won't be the 14 next year either because you have got Connor Watson there. So Adam Kieran, a little bit irrelevant for me in that Chooks one. Mitch Kenny, 318K. Uh, Abby Curacao will be the starting nine there. He might play a few more minutes this year, but not relevant enough. Kobe Hetherington, really interesting one at 301K. Uh, and in draft competitions, I like the look of Hetherington. If he managed just to land in that 13 spot. Uh, he could be a really good get. He could be a classic option as well, realistically, just having a look at some of his numbers. Uh, games that he's played 80 minutes in, or 70-plus minutes, uh, he scored 48, 53, 56, 54 in base. So he has got a good game in him. Um, actually, no, sorry. I was looking at the wrong stats there. The wrong guy popped up. Let's do that again. Four minutes where he's played 50. What has he got? 38 base stats. 43 base stats, 45 base stats, 47, yeah. So, look, if he manages to land a lock forward role and he plays 60 minutes, I think there could be really good value there for him. Hasn't got a heap of attacking stats to his game, but does get through a lot of work. If it looks like he's going to play 60 minutes at 13, which I'm not convinced he will, he could be really relevant then. Uh, but it looks like his minutes sort of float around a little bit. You're not overly sure how long he's going to be on the park for. But, yeah, one to keep an eye on. Could be relevant, but not a guy I'm willing to gamble on. I'll watch him over the first few weeks. Uh, Aaron Clark, if he manages to land the nine jersey at the Titans, could be relevant, but I think he'll, it'll be a job share anyway. Billy Walters won't be relevant for me. Lachlan Lamb won't be relevant. Jackson Topine at the Canterbury Bulldogs, 280K. Uh, it's going to be hard to squeeze into this forward pack. John Asiata's gone, so that helps his cause, but I can't see him getting in front of Tavita. RFM or Josh Jackson. I just can't see it happening. He's going to need an injury there. Even when he gets an injury, a couple of other guys to compete with there, Corey Waddell and whatnot. So a tough one for Jackson to pine. I really like him. Second row forward slash hooker. He scores well on top of that too. Yeah, he's a, he's got a really good base stat line from memory. Just going to get his stats up now. One to keep an eye on, but I'm just not sure if the minutes are going to be there for him. Uh, he played 73 minutes in round four with 53 base stats, 68 minutes in round 12 with 48 base stats. 
the work is there, but I'm just not sure if the opportunity will be. If they go through a mass injury crisis, the Bulldogs, though, when Jackson Tapine ends up in this team, he could be anything. I think he's one to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, we've said it for the last two years, but definitely a guy to watch here is Manasi Finu, uh, 281k. He is the best hooker at the Manly Seagulls. Lachlan Croker has done a good job. If he manages to get back in, I think he's an absolute must-have straight away. The modern game is much more suited to him than it ever has been. Uh, another one that on draft day, take a little punt on, keep him on your bench if you can get good value out of him. You could get a top five hooker in Supercoach by the end of the season, and you could get him with your 17th pick, depending on how keen people are on him. Ray Stone, uh, 268K, obviously leaving to go to uh, the Dolphins, so not a heap of value there. I don't really see it. Um shouldn't say there's not value there. 268K is pretty good for Raystone if he gets a spot, but I don't think he will. Who have we got? Chris Randall, Jake Granville. No one's jumping out at me here. Havili, Freddie Lussick. Aaron Booth from the Gold Coast Titans comes in at 205K. Big raps on this kid coming from the Melbourne Storm, I believe. A hooker. There is a spot available there. If he lands a spot on the bench or in the starting team at 205K, there is value to be had there. If he ends up the starting nine, you would have to say he's a must-have essentially at 205K. So Aaron Aaron Booth, one to keep an eye on in trials. Jaden Nikarima, 205K. I just can't see him getting into this team realistically. Corey Pake, similar sort of situation. Might be 14. I I don't trust him, though. Uh, Will Smith going up to the Titans. If he lands a spot in this team somewhere, which I can't really see it right now, but at 205K could be interesting. If they have an injury run and he becomes relevant at some point, could be decent. Jaden Beryl, who's signed with the Cronulla Sharks. He was the Queensland Cup Player of the Year at 175K, base salary there. Like the look of him. Think he's going to be very talented. Uh, but once again, Cronulla, is there going to be an opportunity at nine? Realistically, I don't think so. If they have a couple of injuries, uh, for example, if you see Blake Braley go down, this kid could be an absolute get on. Uh, Josh Cook is one I'm interested in at the Canterbury Bulldogs. I don't think Jeremy Marshall King has that jersey locked down at Canterbury. I think he's the most likely by far and away, but I think with a good preseason, Josh Cook, he could potentially jump him. He could potentially get the 14 jersey as well. A couple of guys in the mix for that. Keep an eye on Josh Cook. He can play. Uh, another guy, we've got a couple of Melbourne Storm guys here. A couple of famous names here. You've got Bronson Garlic, uh, Cole Geyer, and Tyron Wishart. So a Garlic, a Geyer, and a Wishart. For me, I really like the signing of Garlic. I'm not sure how relevant he's going to be, but he can play second row slash hooker, so handy positional-wise. Same as Tyrant Wishart. Uh, we had his dad, Rod, on the podcast a few weeks ago. He's a Gerringong boy. I'm a big fan of him. can play a number of positions, uh, but I'd have to think that he's pretty far down the pecking order realistically. If they have mass injuries, one of them might become relevant. Uh, But yeah, a lot of guys in this hooker spot that if guys get injured, they could be relevant. But the reality is that they will probably share minutes. So not ideal. Hooker's going to be very, very tough this season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Let's move to the front rowers. And... I won't, I won't spend a heap of time on these guys, talk about the main guys, then sort of fly through these because I think most people will be very similar here. I don't think there'll be huge value in this spot. Isaiah Papali'i, he is second row forward slash front row forward. He's joining a new club. Uh, he's a gun, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit iffy on him and how Parramatta use him and whatnot. Uh, whether he comes off his best season ever and is able to perform to that level, I don't know. Payne Haas, you would have to assume he's a must-have. 595k, probably good value for Payne Haas. I think Kevin Walters 
losses realise at the back of the end of last year, fuck, we only play good footy when I just let Payne Haas go berserk. So I really like him. Luke Thompson, 582k. Dual position, obviously, front row uh, front row forward, second row forward. Uh, yeah, he's sort of valued at where he should be. I know I had him last year for Classic. I know a lot of people were keen on him. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think many people will be after him this year. All these guys in a draft league, though, very interesting. Payne Haas, he will be right up there. Isaiah Papali is a guy I won't be punting on. Um, he pretty much didn't get drafted in my league last year, so it'll be interesting to see how high people want to go on him. Luke Thompson, uh, he'll always have a spot in this team. No stranger to getting suspended and whatnot, though. Tavita Pango Jr., this is where it gets interesting. He's dual position, second row forward, front row forward. Uh, very interesting one here with Tavita coming in at 569k 65 average I think he could lift that depending on where he lands if he lands on that left edge next to Matt Burton like we're hearing uh, that could be anything him and Matt Burton linking up together could be really dangerous the way that he's able to offload say what you will about Matt Dufty but he's always pushing through yeah he's always alive on everything so there could be points there for Tavita to be honest with you Um, a very interesting one depending on where he lands he could also be the 13 now that John Asiata's gone but it could be Josh Jackson as well. So Tavita's one to watch in trials. Always a gamble. There's no doubt about that. But it looks like he's potentially turned a corner. James Fisher-Harris, you know what you'll get there. 543K is what it is. Same as Josh Papali. Same as Mo Fodawaker. Christian Welsh, you, you, you know what you're going to get with all these guys. You're going to get around about the same average. I don't see anything major changing with these guys. Josh Papali, he's getting older. He could drop down a little bit. Uh, but I don't think he'll be overly relevant. In class, I don't think he will be relevant in classic. Mo Fodawaker, I think he's got a bit more upside than these other guys based on what I've seen and what I think he still has to offer. Daniel Saifiti, really solid as well around this same mark. Same as Marty Tapao. Tapao's got a little bit more upside in his game uh, with offloads and whatnot. Saifiti as well, to be fair. He, he, he does offer a lot, but I think you know what you're getting there. He's a guy that when he does play those big minutes, he can go berserk. You know that you're going to get, you know, 50 to 60 high-end 65. He's no stranger to scoring a try as well. He scored uh, I think two or three last year. I think he scored two in round one actually and he went 128. But you just want someone solid in your front rows. I'd be leaving these guys to the very back end. That's why I'm not putting too much emphasis on them. Adam Fanua Blake, uh, if he gets a full injury without, if he gets a full season without injury and he has a good preseason at 505k, I don't mind him, to be honest with you. I've always been a big fan of Adam Fanua Blake. I think he's the most underrated front rower in this competition. As far as those high end sort of guys go, you know, you're going to get 50 base from him and he's got the high upside of his offloads and everything. I think he averages 10 points uh, in evading stats here from last season, according to Supercoach stats. And I think he can add a heap more realistically. So Adam Vanilla Blake, he's one I don't mind for a bit of upside, depending on his minutes and depending how the New Zealand Warriors are going to line up. Siwa Takiyaho, uh, I was very keen on him last year when I thought he'd goal kick. He might again, but... God knows. I mean, if Sam Walker's in this team, he could also be the goal kicker. So, Takiaho, I like him. We're hearing that he's leaving at the end of next season. I'm not sure if that's official or not. So, I'm a little bit tempered on him. I think I went him second or third round last year. We'll not be doing that again. Alex Twole, dual position. Front row forward, second row forward. Goal to have that dual position. You know what you're getting out of Twole. I didn't like the way that he was used last year. So, if you see that changing in trials, uh, he will really shoot up my list. But the reality is, even if he plays, 
60 minutes a week and he scores 65. Uh, I can get guys five rounds later in the front row that are going to score 55. I don't think it's worth that 10 points. He hasn't scored a try in about 16 fucking years, so not much upside to him. Very solid base player, but not a guy I'd be investing in too heavily. When he played, he played 80 minutes in a, in a couple of stints at the back end of the season. Base stats average 68. In the first game, scored 72 points. Uh, scored 67 base stats, scored 72 points overall. Then the last game, he scored 74 base stats and scored 74 points. So base stats is all you're getting out of this guy. Let someone else go him, I think. If you can get value, if it's a little bit later, I understand it, but uh, not overly keen on it. Matty Lodge and Tino, two big gambles there with high upside. David Klemmer, I'm leaving David Klemmer. He's sort of off my list forever now. Junior Paulo, another guy with upside, but minutes were a little bit all over the place yesterday. Brad Arthur, I really don't like him as far as Supercoach goes, to be honest with you. Joey Tapanay at the Canberra Raiders, not sure what's going on down there. He was in the papers. His wife was very vocal. Vaccine stuff, I'm leaving Joey Tapanay. If you get the very best out of him in his dual position, gun. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah, there's just too much of a gamble there for me. Paul Vaughan, this is one that does interest me draft-wise. Classic 482K, bit of a gamble. Uh, Draft-wise, I'm very interested in Paul Vaughan. I think he'll have a bounce-back good season. We know Paul Vaughan, when he's at his damaging best, uh, it can be absolutely anything. He has just got so much ability. The size of him, the athleticism, it's unbelievable. You think about how poorly he played last year, uh, and he averaged 55. So he could definitely get some upside on that. A lot of games where he didn't really have that many attacking stats. If he is fit, he is focused, he's ready to go, I think he could lift that to a 65 average, maybe even a 70 average, to be honest with you. It's a gamble. We don't know what we're going to get out of Paul Vaughan. We don't know how he's going to be used at Canterbury, but I think there is potential there, especially if they have one or two injuries in that pack. All of a sudden, he could become the main guy and play big minutes. We know he's capable of it. Was playing for the Kangaroos just a couple of years ago. All right, who is next? Who have we got? Paul Vaughan, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Aiden Aiden Tolman. I think he drops down a little bit this year. Josh McGuire drops down a little bit this year. Lindsay Collins is an interesting one, 462K. Uh, 2021 average was 50. So we know that Lindsay Collins can play, but is there too many mouths to feed into this Rooster side? I tend to sort of think so. He's coming off an ACL as well. Really great great base stats. First three games of last year when he started, uh, 62 minutes for 61 base stats, 51 minutes for 49 base stats, 42 minutes for 41 base stats. So he ha- he does work hard. There's no doubt about that. I'm just not overly convinced with him coming off an ACL and whatnot. I think there's enough front rowers for you not to have to go early on a Lindsay Collins. Nelson, Asafa Solomona, fuck knows what's going on there with the uh, Melbourne Storm vaccination. Just going to leave that. Jai Arrow, second row forward, front row forward, played some really good footy under Wayne Bennett. Another guy I'm a little bit iffy on. I assume that he probably comes into the starting team, so that could be handy. Uh, when you have a look at Joe, I'm just getting his stats up now to have a look when he does start, how he looks. 
there's a good chance that he could start on the edge over there when he plays, when he starts on an edge. We haven't really seen him play a full 80 minutes there realistically, so a bit of a worry there. But he does score well when he's on the edge. Look at his last four games of the season. He scored 55 in 48 minutes. He scored 65 in 67 minutes. He scored 63 in 69 minutes. Base stats 57-55. So there is potential there for Jai Arrow, no doubt about it. But you're just not sure how he's going to be utilized. You're not sure how South Sydney's going to go. You're not sure who the half on his side is going to be, whether it's Ilias, whether it's Taff. You're not sure how they're going to click. So a lot that goes into it. You would have to assume Colum and Tungy holds on to the left edge. He'd be on the right. So another little layer to that that makes it hard because uh, that right side's going to look completely different and it's not their strong side. Stefano, really like him. Don't know how much more huge upside he has in his game, though. I think he is what he is. Same as Jared, Jared Wallace. Same as Ryan Sutton. Rory Hargraves had some really big games next year with Lindsey Collins returning. I'm a little bit off him, um, especially draft-wise. I think he drops down quite a bit, lets someone else make that mistake. Stefano, draft-wise, I don't mind, to be fair. Uh, Classic-wise, not much value there. But once again, these are front rowers. You don't want to go too early on these guys. Just having a look through if there's anyone else that stands out to me. Isaac Liu, he could be an interesting one up there at the Titans. You would have to assume he will be the starting 13 in this side, coming from a winning team, uh, can play in the front row as well. So it depends where they want to use him. Uh, when he plays big minutes, he does score pretty well. When He's played 80 minutes a couple of times last year for scores of 59, um, 88. Had a, had a line break in that game, though. Uh, 46, yeah. Look, Isaac Liu, I don't think he'd be a bad pick. I don't think he'll be a great pick. Don't go too heavy on him. Blake Laurie, dual position, always helps at the Dragons. Corey Horsburgh, dual position again. If some of these guys are out with vaccinations or whatever it might be, Corey Horsburgh, he becomes really relevant. Josh Kerr, dual position um, at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Could be a decent guy to have in your draft side as far as filling spots. But there are a lot of mouths to feed at the Dragons. I've gone for this money ball routine, so I'm expecting a lot of minutes to be shared there. Uh, even when he does play realistically, uh, he's not putting in mammoth performances. If he plays 80 minutes, he'll get you 50 to 60 base stats. A heap of guys in the league. There's also times here where he plays in the second row and he scores you know, 40 base stats in 80 minutes. So, um, yeah, look. Look, I'm not diving into this one too heavily. I think I'll let someone else get on Josh Kerr. Let's have a look at our next one. We've got a few more to go in this list of front rowers. Who else is relevant here? Jacob Saifiti, really like him. Offer Hengawi, not overly relevant. Woods, Aloye, Totola, Paseca, Mark Nichols, Flegler, Hetherington. Okay, this is one that I'm interested in from the Sydney Roosters. Renolf Atoni, I think he could be a classic or a draft guy. Uh, he's probably one or two injuries away from being really relevant, but I think he's going to explode at the Roosters. So keep an eye on Renolf Atoni. He's been really poorly used uh, at the Sydney Roosters, uh, at the Canterbury Bulldogs for quite some time. I think this will be a good signing for the Chooks. McLean, Gilbert, Jolif, Murdoch Masilla, Hess. Jeez, wasn't I keen on Murdoch Masilla last year? What a flopperella that was. Ryan James, 350k. I think we all got trapped into this last year. Won't be doing it again. Uh, Keenan Paliasia from the from the Brisbane Broncos. If he even lands on the right edge for them, I think that could be really good. Corey Jensen's another one with decent base stats to keep an eye on. 
Who else have we got? Liam Knight, SASA, Hamlin, ULA, Reese Kennedy. Reese Kennedy, decent value if he plays decent minutes. Don't think he will, though. Aaron Penne, this is one to watch from the New Zealand Warriors. He's coming in at 287K. I really do rate this kid. I think he's a good chance to land in their starting team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of their premier forwards at the end of the season. He can really play. Only available at front row. Unfortunately, I thought he might get dual position to RF front row forward. But one to watch there, Aaron Penne. You could get value out of him. Another one to keep an eye on in trials. How Nathan Brown is going to use him. He can muck around with his Warriors minutes and stuff a lot. So, But I think he's got huge potential. He's a big body. He can be really handy. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on an edge. If you can get him on an edge and he's playing front row forward for Supercoach, not bad. If by some form of miracle he manages to land outside of SJ. Uh, huge win there. So you need to keep an eye on that situation. He could be anything. Ethan Bullimore, really like him. Dual position as well, but I don't think he'll be super coach relevant as far as his minutes and everything go. Musgrove, Sipley, Spencer Lee, Griffin Nemo. George Burgess comes in really cheap, 247K at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. If he's going to play 55 to 60 minutes. He could be really good value in your classic sides to make a little bit of money, but we're hearing that his injuries are pretty rampant. Uh, I think he's got a bicep injury that's caused him a lot of trouble over the last few years, so uh, be careful with that one. Watch him in trials. Listen to the NRL physio. I don't know. I'm a bit 50 on Georgie Burgess. You could probably get him... Oh, yeah. So, even as far as his name goes, he might get picked up in draft comps a little bit earlier than what he should. If you can get him real late as one of your bench guys, could be a decent little gamble. We've seen Tom Burgess play his best footy over the last year or two so don't rule George out but just be cautious and watch him in trials Royce Hunt another one that if he manages to land a starting spot in this side you've got Andrew Fafita that's ageing and whatnot, but you've got Finucane and Cam McInnes that have walked in so probably going to be tough for him realistically Rodwell, Lasoni, Morgan Boyle Matt Croker, Farmacilli, Fafita Jordan Grant, Peter Holler, Jaden Hunt. Jaden Hunt is a name to put in your black black book. He's a Dragons front rower. They've got so many front rowers at the moment, it's not even funny. He played a little bit last year, so had a huge discount. If they end up with a heap of injuries or you ever see this kid starting for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, grab him because his base stats in New South Wales Cup have been sensational. Davey Mawali from the South Sydney Rabbitohs comes in at 205k. If he lands in this South Sydney team, he's going to be a get-on, I think. He's a very talented footballer with a big future. couple of injuries, he could be super relevant. If he's in the 17, though... I reckon get on him because he's got some real upside and he's still young. He's still raw. I understand that. Uh, he's he's a guy to keep an eye on in the future, though. He's got plenty to offer. Franklin Pelle, another one we all spoke about at the start of last year with the Cronulla Sharks. He's only front row forward this year. I'm not sure what he was last year, but a guy that reportedly the Cronulla Sharks had to tell him to stop to, to get out of the gym essentially because he was going berserk looks to have a big future what I've seen in reserve grade has been really impressive uh, what else have we got Darren Strong Lindsay Smith uh, Ben Thomas Xavier Willison Eddie Blacker Max King arriving at the Canterbury Bulldogs now Max King he was at the Gold Coast Titans. He went down to the Melbourne Storm. Didn't quite click. He's gone to Canterbury. He's front row forward. He is coming in at 188K. Now, do I think Max King is going to get a, a spot in this spot? No, I don't. But just keep an eye on him. If there's injuries or whatnot, and it looks like Matt Ki Max King could potentially get a spot in this team somewhere, 
keep an eye on him because he's a bit of a base stat monster. I think people aren't overly aware of how good Max King can be. I've always had my eye on him. I picked him up a couple of years ago in my draft competition um, in the last week of the season. I'm just trying to find where it was, and he scored incredibly well. He played 80 minutes. Uh, His base stats, he's pretty much a points-per-minute sort of guy uh, with massive potential. I understand that he probably doesn't have a spot in this Canterbury team, and it's going to take a lot for him to get a spot, Uh, but he has got an absolute heap to offer. So just... Just keep him in the back of your mind, Max King, because if something does happen that he gets a spot, could be anything. I'm just trying to find those stats, sort of keep my head above water here. Yeah, so I remember in 2017, God, it's a lot longer back than I thought it was. I've been very keen on him in the last two weeks. So in the last three weeks, he played 48 minutes. He scored 61 base stats. The next week, he played 58 minutes. He scored 60 base stats. The week after that, uh, he played 87 minutes for 80 base stats. So... One to really keep an eye on. He scores very, very well in the base stats-wise, or he was a couple of years ago. I when, when I was looking for those stats, I thought it was going to be only two or three years ago, but 2017 is a fair whack ago. So maybe don't look into that one too heavily. Uh, who else have we got here? A lot of no-name sort of front rowers. I think you've got a pretty good idea of what the front row rotation will look like for each of these sides. As we said, uh, front rowers, not a heap of value as far as classic goes. Uh, I think everyone will have a very similar sort of side with similar sort of guys. But there will be one or two that will pop up, like an Isaiah Papali'i was last year. So keep an eye out for them. Not sure who they'll be at the moment. As I said, stay tuned for the other Supercoach Classic content creators to spit out some facts on those sort of guys. Draft-wise, though, save these guys to the back end. Personally, the only guys I see on here that you should maybe try and get earlier is maybe Tavita, if you want to have a punt on him. Payne Haas, Isaiah Papali'i, I'm leaving, so... Yeah, it's a bit of an awkward one. Adam Fanua Blake, there could be some good value on him as well. Junior, yeah, not not even Junior Paul. I'm not going to put him in that category either. So just be patient on your front row forwards. Don't get too ceiling, guys, and do what I did last year and go, oh, I'll go with a safe front row forward who's going to get me 60 every week. In the modern game, it's not overly relevant. You can get a lot of these guys that average 50 off your waiver wire just about every week. Even in deep leagues, you sort of can. And there's going to be injuries. They're going to be they're more and more tired than they ever have been front rowers. So always opportunity there. Stay tuned, guys. I think later today, we will drop the second row forwards. A heap of guys to go through there. Thankfully, we've already covered some of them as far as dual positions go. Over the next 24 hours, though, plenty more Supercoach content coming from uh, the Supercoach team picker that has just come out earlier today. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in-person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 